following podcast may contain a shitload of popular profanity. Live from Mighty Trapdoor Mansion, high atop Tent Hill, it's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine, featuring Frank Hemblin, Horace Pengrove, William Bentley III, with Stinky the Game Master, T.T. Schmootkins, Tishka Honeypot, Alex Greenspan, and Cut Cockbirth! And now we talk games! We talk games! Here it comes! Yeah! We talk games! Cool bullshit and energy! It's always rebels on top, baby! But we keep the format anyway! T.T. Schmook is a robot sex bot Stinky stinks so bad he smells We take turns choosing the games that we review Even Mario's Hotel! Come on, characters, nobody likes you! Let desire fuel your confidence! Welcome back to We Talk Games, our special January Mortuary Sportuary. Mortuary Sportuary. Monday morning stink ball. <laughs> and today we will be talking about Monday morning stink ball. Yeah. I am Wiggly. And on the Skype pipe is Kyle Von Kubik. Hey, two for Tuesday on Monday mornings, sometimes Sunday nights. We love that. In fact, it might be three for Tuesdays. Really? Yeah. I'm unprepared. It's three for Thursdays on Monday morning. In the booth, as always, Mike Fritz. Yo. Mike Fritz takes a shits. Today. This is like the super stink bowl. It is a super stink bowl. Yeah, this is the Gator. <laughs> Gators was last episode. Uh, what? You, there was a Gator Bowl. You know, Florida. You know. Sure. There, there was also, wasn't there an orange bowl? Yeah. There still is. There's a sugar bowl. Oh, sugar bowl, huh? This would be like the toilet bowl. Yeah, this is the toilet bowl. Again. <laughs> Today, we had a trouble because <laughs> we actually wanted to review a football-style game. By that, we mean American football. Ball. The real football. Yeah, not John's football with your feet. It's yeah. silly. Dumb. Yeah. So we had a hard time because who picked Football Frenzy? <sighs> It may have been me in desperation to find a football game that would, you know, teach the basic fundamentals of football without being such a difficult football simulator that a casual video game player would be turned off by it or somebody who wasn't a fan of football would be turned off by it, which Football Frenzy does achieve. It's just not fun. (laughs) It's not very fun at all. Yeah, the layout of the game, they try, you know, Neo Geo, they try to make it very large and in this case it was to its detriment but it has the same announcer the same guy like from uh, baseball stars and from uh, even maybe even baseball 2020 i don't know through some type of fuzz box and definitely i think he might be the same announcer for league bowl okay league bowl thankfully uh on twitter and you can follow us on twitter at we talk games uh drew zilla follower drew zilla uh friend of the show yeah 
was uh, anticipating this month as far as sportuary. Yeah. And he's like, I really hope you guys talk about this particular game. And I was like, you know what? Not really a great football game, but it is a fun game. That's why uh, I decided that maybe we should talk about Pigskin 621 AD instead. Yeah. But that game's not super deep either. No. So we're going to talk about that one as well. And I'm going to talk about Cyberball. Okay, great. You so know it's what? a threefer. It is a threefer. And I'll tell you why. A reefer. Threefer reefer. Because I love Cyberball still today. And I come to find out there are still tournaments going on both on MAME and in-person live tournaments with the double-screen arcade game. So uh, there's still these worldwide tournaments for Cyberball. Tournament mm. Cyberball 2072 by Atari. That's the so, mark of a good game. It is, and I, I was shocked because I thought everyone had forgotten about this fantastic game, even though you can get it on 16 billion downloads and 35 different Midway classic releases. <laughs> so let's talk about some making mechanics here. We'll put our Cyberball, our football Yeah, basically frenzy, all these games are making mechanics of one another. <laughs> and and Pigskin, yeah, we'll put this all in context. We're going to dig a little deeper into these making mechanics as to what might make it connect it to the making mechanics and also a little bit into these games in case these other games might interest you. Mm-hmm. I would say that we're going to probably start with Bill Lambert's Combat Basketball for the <laughs> Super Nintendo 1991 by Hudson. Now, I think uh, the first game that really took a sidetrack to American football was Street Football by Bally in 1986. Mm-hmm. And then we had Cyberball in 1988. Arch Rivals came out yes. in 1989 by Midway. But that's a basketball game. <laughs> basketball. So there's a ball in it. <laughs> All right. Throw around an egg. But you, you can pants your opponents. You could, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what else you did. You didn't stab them. <laughs> right. And it's 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 very similar in art style, obviously, and gameplay to the next game on your list for making mechanics, which is Pigskin. Right. Pigskin came out in 1990 and Pigskin 621 AD was also called the tagline on it was ancient arch rivals on a rampage. Because Correct. the same person that made Pigskin made was uh, was behind same person that was behind arch the same <laughs> Fuck you. Same person that was behind Pigskin, 621 AD, was also uh, behind Ancient Ancient Arch Rivals. It <laughs> was behind Arch Rivals and Rampage. Yeah. 1991 actually did see Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball by Hudson. And I'm going to go a little bit deeper into that game because we make fun of it all the time and <laughs> we mention it. But I want to talk just a teeny, tinsy bit about that game. Then uh, Sega Genesis uh, retitled Pigskin Foot Brawl of Pigskin 621. And was and was endorsed by, of course, that great football coach, Jerry Glanville. <laughs> that was in 1992. Football Frenzy was in 1992 in the arcade. And 1993 saw two releases of twisted football titles. One was, of course, Brutal Sports Football, which I owned for my Jaguar. Uh, But good news, it was also released for the Amiga and, more importantly, MS-DOS. The big part of the Brutal Sports Football was, of course, decapitating your enemies. And that was like watching a PowerPoint 
It was very, very choppy. But also <laughs> that year, we had a great football game released by EA, which I think people still play to this day, which was Mutant League football. And that came out for the Genesis and was based on the Madden 93 engine. I, you know, I don't think it's as interesting as people remember it to be. It's but, a lot of nostalgia. Yeah, but it's still one of the better football games if you're not into sports. I think that's the football game that you'd, you would want to play. And I would add 1997's NFL Blitz by Midway Games, only because that was probably the last great arcade-style football game, even though it had the NFL franchise and it played more like a, a football game than maybe Mutant League did or um, Pigskin did. And it didn't have as many like decapitations or, or maces <laughs> no. in the face and things like this, no. but it definitely had that arcadey feel with you know your power bombing and the crushing oh. of the bones it and the so fire fun. and it was so it was, fun. It was it was fun. It was over the top, and it was really low barrier of entry for people who maybe weren't into football. They could still pick that game up and play and have a good time and get you know some satisfaction out of it. So I think that would be like the end point for the arcade football game and the fact that after the down was over you could continue to <laughs> jump and pound on your <laughs> opponent was just uh, you know amazing it was easy to flip through and if you have what was it nba hang time or was it just nba jam it was the same board so if you purchase an nfl blitz arcade game you could actually be playing both titles with the flip of the dip switch oh i was unaware yeah but i i'm not i'm not exactly sure what years uh, yeah. Those are from, but you know, it really doesn't matter. I think only the last year of Blitz, which I can't remember what it was in the arcade, I'm talking mm -hmm. about, wasn't fun anymore. The earlier years, I think, were a lot more fun. But yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great thing to bring up because it is a really really fun football game. Today we're mostly going to focus on Pigskin 621, and then I hope to touch on um, Tournament Cyberball. But before I get started with that. Mutant League football, you had landmines, you had fire pits, and the fields were made out of rock. Yep. Toxic waste, rubber, mm -hmm. uh, ice. You could call such audibles as exploding balls, electric shock, invisibility jetpacks. And if you killed enough of the opposing player's team, they would forfeit the game. Right. I think one of the coolest features was that you could bribe the referee. And then they also had Mutant League Hockey, which came out later, which wasn't quite as satisfying as Mutant League football was. Yeah. And a little bit about Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball. Why is it called Bill Lambeer's uh, Combat ba Lamb Beers uh, Combat Basketball? Why do Why do lambs drink beer in the first place? Uh, <laughs> so he, I guess, he was a member of the Detroit Pistons, and at yeah. that time they were a mean team. They right. had a lot. They got benched a lot. They were a very aggressive team. And uh, Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball actually takes place in 2030. Ten That's years after uh, baseball, twenty twenty. Yeah, right. <laughs> they went from <laughs> having math. they went from having robots to uh, going back to being people. <laughs> Bill Lambeer's only the commissioner of the basketball league. He turned it into the. How much money do you think he got <laughs> giving his name to that game? I don't know. Twenty bucks to Denny's or something, or <laughs> yeah, twenty dollars in Denny's coupons. There are no fouls in the game. There's weapons. Everything's legal. There's no referees. He's taking a referee out. What's interesting about Bill Lambert's combat basketball is it features an overhead view. And this ties into some of the early football arcade games like 1985's Gridiron Fight, Touchdown Fever, 1987 by SNK. So yeah, SNK is not 
weren't a virgin to American style football. 87, they did their pretty crappy touchdown fever. (laughs) It is pretty crappy. And then in 1992, they did their semi crappy football frenzy. Yeah. So uh, football frenzy, it's tough for me because I the artwork isn't as polished as other SNK sports titles. Yeah. But it's still nice. Like visually, it's not bad. It's just not the caliber of some of the other SNK games that you've seen in the past. Well, for sports, um, it's basically baseball stars two. With, right. Without with, it's baseball stars two on the field because you never get those big sprites of you know in baseball stars where you're at bat and you see the pitcher and you you swing the bat you never get that sensation of seeing the larger sprites it's always the smaller sprites it does zoom in a little bit when you do running plays and it's basically a very easy user-friendly football game and it's very bare bones there's no landmines in the field there's no Mm -hmm. The characters, they're all the same sprite. They all have number 88. They just have palette swaps Yeah. as far as if they're blue or they're green. And there's, you know, a good assortment of running plays, but not too many to, you know, get you confused or distracted. And same thing with passing plays. When you're playing defense, mm. um, yeah. it, there's no strategy there. And that's probably the biggest detriment to the game for people who are fans of football games is that, you know, if they pick a shotgun play, your team is automatically set up in the defense for that shotgun play. They being the computer or, or the offense, which for the most part, it works in your favor but sometimes it doesn't. And, you um, you know, if they go for a run play, but then pass the ball, you're pretty much screwed because your team's set up to do like a blitz. Yeah. And you also get to see your opponents picking. Right. This was only a one screen game. They didn't come out with a link cable or, or anything else like that, or two screen. Yeah. Or hit a for this play B for that play. You Mm -hmm. actually see, you will scroll. And if you're playing against another human player, they'll see you scroll through and pick your play and vice versa. Uh, And you can see what the computer does. I think this is a good game for people who might be interested in learning about football a little bit. It is an SNK game. It's not terrible. It's worth a look, but you're not going to get the same enjoyment out of this game as you would some other SNK sports titles. Yeah, they do baseball great. They do uh, soccer or real football great. They have very long line of uh, soccer titles. So uh, that was their most successful franchise as far as sports related franchise. Yeah. The problem with football frenzy to me is that you can't see far enough ahead of you because they did make the sprite so large. It has two perspectives. One is a close-up and one is a little bit pulled back. But even still with that, once you hike the ball, you really are sort of blind to who you're going to be throwing it to. Everything's sort of like a Hail Mary (laughs) because you don't know (laughs) if your people are even out in that area. Um, Yeah, and if you jockey the joystick just a little bit before or when you pass the, the ball... That will move the guy mm-hmm. who's receiving, yeah. And chances are it'll be an incomplete pass or a uh, interception. And the kicking, the punting on this, you might also want to take note that it's a rapid tap. So you rapid tap to try to get up your power meter. That was right. the mistake I made when I first played this title. Is that I didn't hammer on it. I thought I would start the meter to go up by hitting the A button once, and then you know I kicked it onside kick or something. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about pigskin 621 yes. ad ancient arch rivals on a rampage 1990 
this game is, I, I guess, sim- more similar to rugby than it is actual football. Mm, yeah, yeah. There's really no formation. It's very much like arch rivals, and you're punching your opponents in the face, and you're grabbing the ball. You can pass the ball, and you can pass the ball laterally, uh, which is interesting. It's almost its own sport. It's barely football. Uh, You do have a football in there, and there are touchdowns, but there's no field goals. You know, there's really no defense. I mean, you can change the strategy of your team. Yeah. You can tell them to go for the ball or, you know, block or man-to-man coverage. Yeah, it's called Um, block, scatter, or bad attitude. Yeah, bad attitude. Uh, Because you'll be getting into many uh, dust-ups with other, uh, you know, players or, uh, you know, whoever you're going up against. And this game is fun you, because it, it's super easy to pick up. Yeah. I think you'll get more than one turnover with this. Like, you'll play more than uh, one complete game with this game. Uh-huh, I think this uh-huh. game's a lot of fun. Yeah. And when you're in possession of the ball, your three selections to tell your teammates are get ball, man-to-man, and bad attitude again. Which you can change on the fly. Right. Which is cool. And as you're running up and down the field, there's all these hazards. There's pits and there's slop that you can slip on and there's a treasure chest you can trip on. And that'll mess you up and you'll drop the ball and then the opposing team can pick it up. And there's no downs. There's no dead ball plays. It is literally like pick up the ball and run. And try to score, yeah. And it's all wrapped in this motif of 621 AD, (laughs) medieval Vikings, warriors. And there's a little bit of fantasy thrown in there, too, because there's some trolls. Yeah. You have concealed weapons, which you can pick up off the field and then plunge into your opponent. And then they lay with a hatchet in their body for the rest of that play. Yeah. A lot of varied backgrounds. You're in castles. You're out on the field. You're in different dungeons. Yep. And like you mentioned, a shitload of tripping obstacles. Uh, That was the biggest downfall for me with this game was trying to avoid the obstacles. Uh, I just felt it was a little cheap and there was just too many obstacles. And as the game progresses, yeah, especially the dungeon level with the mm -hmm. pits. Yeah, you get a little frustrating. Uh And as you mentioned, a troll, what happens is you get a chant going up from the audience for a troll and a troll gets added to the team that is trailing by a large point gap, Mm -hmm. which I got to tell you, I beat the crap out of a troll. He didn't cause me much (laughs) trouble. Mostly it's just punch and kick or watch just punch, punch in the face. If you're lucky enough to pick up a concealed weapon, you can stab and jab and damage like that. The computer plays the game a lot for you. Yes. You can make it pass for you when you're in possession of the ball and you're going to pass the other people. That's when you can call your audibles on the fly, which to me was hard to do. Yeah, I, I felt as I was playing, I got better, uh, especially with the computer control characters on your team. Occasionally you'd be in a situation where the guy would pick up the ball and kick it away. He'd kick it down the right. field. Yep. I would tell him to pass. Before he did that. Right. Yeah. And, and you can do that because when you tell your avatar to punch, everybody on the team punches. That's right. And when you say pass, if the guy's got the ball, who no matter who it is, whether it's your controlled character or somebody on your team who's controlled by the computer, he will pass. And that's important with this game is you got to learn those moments on when to tell the computer what to do. Indeed. Yeah, so it's fun, but I also think it suffers from the same things that I don't care about from football frenzy, and that is I don't think you could see enough of the play field. I agree, and especially with those obstacles, Mm -hmm. 
it gets really frustrating. And you'll see that the points, the spread goes back and forth because you get tripped up a lot. Yeah. The side ankle just isn't really made for American rules football. Not that this is. I mean, I found that if I keep my guy like all the way down towards their goal line and Mm -hmm. just let the computer, like you said, when you punch, they punch. Yes. When I punch, they punch, they punch. When I dip, they dip, they dip. I Um, remember. And then I punch, uh, you know, I punch the guy. I get control of the ball. I tell him to pass and he'll just whip it all the way down to where I'm in by, by the end zone and then just take it right in. So there's that. Yeah. I think it's worth a play. I think it could be fun. Great for um, people who are not fans of football, but just want a fun game to play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like a uh, hot potato. Yeah. Or, uh, or capture the flag. Fumble rumble. Punching in the mouth. Uh, smear the... Oh. Oh, Christ. Well, that's what you used to call it. Explicit tag. Toes. Holy shit, that's definitely going to get cut. <laughs> Listeners, you're not going to hear that. Hey, did you ever eat those candies? <laughs> Babies. Oh my gosh, that Stinky re- just farted in the microphone again. <laughs> that was really <laughs> a candy. It the Fuvizella is back. Yes, I know. It was liquish. And uh, how horrible were we? Uh, we got two minutes. We got another game. We got to talk how about. horrible was about racist candies. How horrible was was the human race? Do we have to hit race? a quota of like racism and Hitler I on just, every show? I just want to know how horrible the human race was. They were terrible. They were awful. Remember Tor- the good old days? They were never good old days. <laughs> they were racist, terrible shit, treating people as property. Ugh. Remember tournament Cyber Bowl in 2072? Yeah. It you came to clue me in on this. Never played the game. Didn't know we were talking about it. You today. are out of your mind. What you mean, ever? Ever? No. Oh, dude, you're missing out. I know. So tell me about it. Okay. It is so cool that it, it stands up today, even though the technology is old. It's sprite based. But mm-hmm. you know how we had those, uh, you call them like forced perspective type of things. That's what the play field is. It sort of moves in 3D, but a weird type of fascinating 3D. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, I have to say that because it's called Tournament Cyberball 2072 and it was released in 1988, I think Atari made a great choice in giving the game that 84-year buffer zone because pretty much your entire target audience would be dead by the time that 2072 came around. So you wouldn't, not like Back to the Future. We're We're only three (laughs) weeks into the new year. I'm already sick of hearing about this. Oh, okay. Well, well, you don't have to hear about it for Cyberball for another (laughs) 60-some years. Where's my Monty McFly shoes and hoverboard? (laughs) Your Air Jordans. That, uh, yeah, where's the flying about? car from the Jetsons? Fuck off. There man. you go. Where's Rosie? Yeah. Okay, this brings up an interesting question that I'd like to ask a few of our video game designers. I wish I could have asked them. Mm. Um, did they think that their games that they were making then, like in the early 80s, in the late 70s, did they think that those games would basically be able to last so long into the future? They'd produce a thousand or so cabinets if they were lucky. Yeah. And then that was it. Right. And even if they made a console version of it, what was it, like 16 color, 20 sprite representation of this amazing jungle hunt or whatever? No right. beep, beep. Well, we don't know much about the arcade, but I know with pinball, with a lot of the people we've talked to in the past, and hey, if you haven't heard those episodes, mm. go to wetalkgames.com, click on the episode tab, 
take a look at her back catalog. We talked to a lot of like, I don't know, the founding fathers of the video game industry and some mm-hmm. of the biggest names associated with pinball. And what they talked about with those machines is that those machines were only meant to last about a year and a half in their locations and then be traded out for something new. So I right. think particularly in the coin operated realm, the developers were kind of aware of how disposable these things were. Any, <laughs> there were no thought at any time that at some point they'd be able to have like a one-to-one emulation Right. You know? Well, I have it on good authority that Nichibutsu never thought that their games would last more than a year. But everybody else, you know, so I think it's really cool. Nichibutsu didn't release games. They escaped. <laughs> uh, so I love how Cy- Tournament Cyberball holds up. So I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about it. You're a team of two robots, and the robots' teams have pretty cool names. The arcade machine was really great if you had it the two-player which could actually be four-player um arcade version of it because they were sort of set at a 45 degree angle oh, so two you, monitors yeah two monitors nice. two two controllers so you each have your own view of the play field with these 45 degree angle uh dual cabinets and you have a limited amount of uh plays to choose from but it really doesn't matter because there was plenty, there was enough to to satisfy you. Because your robots, your parts would wear out every time mm-hmm. you took so many hits, and eventually you just blow up. And <sighs> then this this hovering robot would come and pick up all your dust, ashes, and then you'd be replaced with another robot. Now, in 1988, this was really something you could power up your team. So, yeah, I'm looking at uh, a video of it right now because again, I'm not familiar with the game. The art style that you're describing, spot on. It's got this force perspective, and I'm going to equate it to super effects trip. That way the listener can kind of equate it to what that looks like. But that scaling back and forth with the field and the robot sprites, they don't scale up and down because there's really not that happening. It's just this sort of rolling diorama for the Mm -hmm. field. But they move so smooth, the robots on the field. It's It's very impressive, particularly for 1988. Yeah. And you have no downs. What you're trying to do is the ball will continue to get towards a critical mass, which will blow up one of your players. If like <laughs> if your quarterback has it when it goes critical, yeah. you, it, they will blow up your quarterback. If that you know, is right. receivers g- gets it, etc. What you're trying to do is trying to defuse the bomb. And you defuse it by getting to the 50 yard line or to the end zone of the opposing team. Mm-hmm. So you have that going on. But the passing and the handoffs are really, really satisfying. You also have boost, you know? You also have a one-shot boost. So here's mechanics that would come into play in later games like NBA Jam and stuff like that. So you could actually, you know, burst in and rush. But the passing game is what's great to me because you actually see a rectangle as to where your receiver needs to be. And your receiver will sort of just hang out around that X. And when they hit the X and it turns red, you know that you can hit that receiver. Now, there's not three buttons to correlate to your receiver. You just sort of point the joystick in that direction and then hit the button, hope that it went to the receiver you wanted. It's also very much like Madden in newer games where as soon as you hike the ball, sometimes you got to pitch it right away. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's really something for 1988 that 
that mechanic is, has carried over because a lot of people don't do so well at Madden or some of these other football games, even, even Blitz, because they don't realize that you don't necessarily always want your quarterback to hang back and wait for people to block for him. Some of them, right. you got to hike the ball and then you, you just pitch it right away to one of your receivers. Cyberball really, really holds up. I really recommend that to. Anybody. I always wondered why SNK didn't put out a football 2020. Yeah. And just looking at what I've seen while we were talking about the game and listening to you, it's because it came out in 1988 <laughs> by Atari. That's why they didn't do it. This is this is like an SNK game uh, that you'd expect. Yeah. And you can see everything, you know, and, that, and that's what's really nice about it. So, like I said, you could put it pretty much pick it up for any console, like PS2. I wouldn't get the Genesis and the NES versions and stuff like that. But once it started being released for the Midway compilations, and even now, you know, the Xbox 360, I picked that up. And what was disappointing to me was Tecmo Bowl was so good on the NES, but if you tried to play the arcade game which i think was a multi-screen game mm-hmm. the arcade game has none of the charm of the original tecmo bowl tecmo bowl was cool because you would have those snk like cut scenes and close-ups of cheerleaders and fans and people celebrating that was a really fun game despite the sprite disappearing flicker which is now corrected with emulation i think my two favorite not exactly perfect football emulations would have to be Cyberball and then Tecmo Bowl is closer to real football So mm-hmm. for the NES. So. I just want to bring up that up because Cyberball was in the arcade and so was Tecmo Bowl, but Tecmo Bowl is, is not satisfying, to, in my opinion. <laughs> Get it for the NES, NES emulation. Without the flicker, you can actually see your players you're trying to pass to. <laughs> Uh, wow, three football games, which I never thought we'd talk about one on this show, for the price of one, indeed. which is zero, because it costs you nothing to listen to this. Exactly. So uh, have fun with those three games, Robo Duke. You want to mention that? Yeah, and you know what? Robo Duke actually sent in a listener question. Oh, good. We and have, you can send yeah, a listener like question by ago. going to uh, our Twitter page and yeah. just tweeting at us or sending an email to uh, stinky at wetalkgames.com. <laughs> I don't think he checks that anymore. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Stinky, uh, Robo Duke would like to know where does Stinky sleep? Well, a lot of people would think that he sleeps on a pizza box in the closet. Right. Because that's usually where he's hanging out. But he actually sleeps on about 18 pizza boxes in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> Completely different closet. I would ask him where he prefers to sleep, but he's asleep right now. He has a Life magazine with uh, Michael Jackson on the cover that I guess he was reading. Yeah. Uh, when he, and he's he snoozing now. So. You sure he's not dead? He might be. I'll have to put a mirror under his nose. This is a once a day occurrence. Every day <laughs> he takes a nap reading that same Life magazine. He ta- likes to talk about the Kodak ad in it, yeah. the Eastman Kodak. And, uh, and then I have to put the mirror under his nose to see if he's still alive. So. One other uh, listener question. This one's sent in by at just ouch. Um, I never heard of the guy. No, I'm very <laughs> familiar with ouch. Alex Williams asks, speaking of pinball last week, we talked about pinball. He wants to know the best period of pinball. He believes it's the uh, 1990s because of solid state. And the dot matrix displays. Uh, and and stuff yeah, like that. I would go with, if I could answer this first, mm-hmm. I'd actually go with the uh, 80s because you do have the solid state games. Sure. You don't have the dot matrix display 
on a lot of them, but because um, I don't believe that came out until the 90s. No. When you say solid state, you mean that in contrast to electromechanical? Mechanical, correct. Yeah. So, so these you didn't get as many gimmicks in those tables, but you had some really great tables in that period. And that's when pinball was still at its height. Mm-hmm. Whereas the 90s for me is difficult to pin as a great period for pinball because that's when a lot of places were consolidating and closing. Like, you know, Bally, Midway, Williams, they were all separate companies at one point. Right. When you come into the 90s, now they're all one company. Sega was making pinballs. Now yeah. they got absorbed or whatever. They released Stern because Stern was a part of that. Gottlieb disappeared in the 90s. The 90s, yes, they had some great tables. But if you look back, especially if you watch Greg Maletic's Tilt, you'll see that the Pinball Hall of Fame kept nominating and uh, choosing the Adams Family table as the best pinball table for the year in like four consecutive years. Like the designers were even saying at that time that the industry had stopped evolving and that was a problem. I think the 80s were a great period. How about you, Wiggly? Well, the 90s pinball was trying to play, let's try to compete with arcade games. Adam's Family is a great table. You have a lot of speed areas. You have Thing, of course, that picks up your ball. Yeah. You have the Mamushka. Yes. <laughs> and the Mamushka would come back in some of the, the later titles as well. Uh, you'd, you'd hit special areas that would actually, uh, for some reason... <laughs> make the mamushka happen um and like i can't remember if it was a construction game or uh, it might have been it might have been the junkyard game i'm i can't i can't recall right now but for some reason i was i was playing a game and then all of a sudden i i, I hit the mamushka <laughs> but uh, yeah you know adam's family is a great game of course uh, we talked with george gomez and he made uh, he helped design monster bash which was just phenomenal as well a lot right. of a lot of gimmicks but they weren't necessarily a detraction from the game so yeah those were great times but then they tried to use that dmd to to do more than display graphics mm-hmm. and Cir- circus voltaire which had the dmd in the play field there right. were a lot, of, a lot of really good games but yeah I think it's impossible to tell what my favorite period was because my Desert Island game would be Kings and Queens. And that's an EM machine. That's an electromechanical, and and it's not my favorite pinball machine. Right. But it would be the one I would take on a Desert Island if it was only my my only machine. Hopefully the Desert Island has, you know, one socket. Uh, Because that game has an excellent set of easy-to-understand goals and also a very satisfying method to hit some of those goals. There's this one area of the play field where it's basically a line of your card. It's a card-themed game, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and you try to get a high hand of uh, face cards and, I guess, the number 10 and then, of course, ace. And you try to get all the suites, the suits. And there's a line of uh, kick holes going mm-hmm. across and if you get it in the very first kick hole it'll kick it to the right and then to the right and to the right and to the right and you you rack up all these points for whatever uh, face card you have lit up at that time and getting it into that last kick hole so that it moves all the way across the play field is just very satisfying it's a small flipper game too which i you know i don't care for those so like i said it's not my favorite game but it's definitely a Desert Island game. So I don't know. There were great pinballs all throughout. Pinball Pool, uh, right. the Evil Knievel game was incredibly difficult. The very first uh, Fonzie pinball, uh, what was that called? Um, a. It's called A. Yeah. Much better than the Fonzie uh, arcade game. 
um, <laughs> which has no emulation for it. It's called eight ball. But mm. see, there was also there was an eight ball before it, which was electromechanical, which was also very good. Hot and, seat pinball, another missed opportunity. <laughs> that was that was missed. Ralph Mouth pinball. So yeah, I I, I don't know. I too I hard, play, too hard yeah. of a question. I and guess. I play all of them. You know, I play all of them for different reasons. Fireball, great game. The original Fireball. The, the Fireball is one of the best. Second EMs. Fireball. Yeah. So so many really interesting titles along the way because they were trying to outdo each other. So. Right. I even like some of the, uh, I wish I could remember some of the names of them, but like one's themed around Hawaii, one's themed around other things, and all you do is bump, you mm-hmm. know, Humpty Dumpty. I don't like that game. That has eight flippers, I think. But <laughs> but the uh, the tilt and bump games, I enjoy those as well. And those, like I said, you don't have, you don't have uh, any flippers. It's just a plunger. You plunge it up. It's semi-pachinko. But you, oh, and it you, falls into a pot. Yeah, I'm yeah. familiar with these. And you you bump them around and you try to yep. light up different numbers on the uh, on the backboard. And those electromechanical backboards that kept score on the backboards before reels, that's how those games operated. It yeah. would just be different lights that would light up different numbers across the backboard. And when you get to a hundreds, then your, your hundred line would light up, then your thousand line would light up, and then it would also light up the tens, the hundreds. And, you know, the thousands uh, below it. So, it was, you know, it's, they're really fun to play if you could ever find some of these or emulate them. So. Yeah. So, that took us to 45. <laughs> I'm sure we can trim some stuff. Listener out. questions needs to be a separate show because, number one, we don't get to them until eight months later when we remember that people sent them in. <laughs> and uh, some of these require elaborate answers, like where does Stinky sleep? You know, perfectly <laughs> good video game related question. 100% video game, zero filler. And now here's T.T. Schmootkins with next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Game Audio Clue. Hello, I am T.T. Schmootkins. Here is next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, dudes. What's your clue for next week? There be squids on those ice. That's my clue, too. Uh, Is there salt that happens? Somebody get these assholes a dentist. There you go. (laughs) Oh, I got got one. More roller games, Andrea Ponza kickboxing. (laughs) Okay, we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.
very heavy, uh, heavy divertation tonight. We had a very Darrison bite. Let's go hit Terrace Chase and those for the bit. They had the pit.